Hello, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 122. I am your host, M. With me is my regular co-host, Jackson. 122? That's a lot of podcasts. We've been doing it's this for so long. It's a lot of fucking podcasts. I know. Considering this is a monthly podcast. It, for a little while, it was more. We haven't been going for 10 years. We've been going for eight. This is this is our uh, this is our eighth year oh, anniversary. We so, didn't do yeah, shit for it. We didn't do shit. We played Star Ocean, so you know, we yeah. didn't do shit for it. Um, um, but yeah, eight years of excellence. Please tell your friends if if you like this podcast. We're bad at promoting it. We do our best, but like if you have like episodes really that are, are good or whatever. Tell your friends. Have someone listen. I always maybe, maybe if you're making a list of the best podcasts about gaming, someone can listen to. You should put ours on it. We've been hustling for eight years. Well, we've been recording. I guess hustling is the wrong word. We don't really tweet about. We us. have not been hustling for eight years. We've been hustling collectively over this year, eight years for about eighteen minutes. <laughs> But we should have been on that list, and I don't. I know it doesn't matter, uh, but we should have. <laughs> I understand that we're not like over out here to talk to you about like labor exploitation and and the evils of capitalism. Every episode, you can listen to Gundam if you want that shit. Like we do it, but like you know, we're here talking about video games, and we are leftists, but. That's the, what we do. The fact that just, we're communists. This is, this is us making an argument for a, for a thing nobody knows or cares about. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was just a list of video best leftist video game podcasts, and I think we it wasn't been on it. It wasn't best leftist. Just a lot of them were. It was clear someone who was listening to a lot of leftist podcasts. Oh, okay. Uh, it wasn't titled. I'm that just way. saying. But I I do just more not about this. List. More generally, I do think that our podcast could get more attention if we were like called the leftist communist video game power i don't know some fucking ridiculous not like that but some stupid irony name world um, of tankies yeah right exactly something like that Something <laughs> <laughs> stupid like that and people would be like oh is this and someone think- someone should make a roll of tanks podcast called world, world of tankies, tankies. that's a free idea you can have it it'd be constantly complaining about the uh, stupid monetization of the game that's like scared everyone off the last three years they've they've ruined yep. everything anyway uh, <laughs> but the thing is we are communists but when you click play on this podcast, we mostly want to talk about if a game has a jump button or not. Uh, yeah. So that's what that's where our interests are when it comes to video games. Ludic formalism trumps communism. Put it on the newspaper. <laughs> that's the name of the podcast. Let me <laughs> fucking deal with that. <laughs> oh, oh <no>. LFTC. <laughs> LFTC. Welcome to LFTC. What a stu- This is a stupid bit. <laughs> incomprehensible no new people have made it two minutes into this podcast <laughs> video games tell me about video games you played them you love them what's going on with video games jackson um god what is going on with video games have i played any <laughs> have i played any? i've been thinking about playing video games but star ocean's been kind of all uh taking up all my time the last you week. got a television i bought a television but i haven't got to use it yet but you, you, I'd tell the people about your television experience for video games. So I bought, I went on eBay to look for a CRT, and that is complicated because in the UK CRTs are 50 hertz because of PAL, um, and being able to get one that does 60 hertz is not guaranteed. Uh, but the Trinitrons do one, and they're fucking Sony Trinitrons, uh, and they rule. And I found one for like less than a hundred quid, and it was 32 inches, and I was like, that genuinely seems like someone's lying. <laughs> Yeah, it, it felt. It feels like a scam. That's a big TV for a big, like high quality TV for very little money. It's like a the, late, the seller did not know what they had, or no one era was buying Sony Chinatron, thirty-two inches. It does all of the things. Uh, I can like manually switch the tube display between sixty-nine and four-three. Um, 
all the bells and whistles for a CRT, 32 inches, less than 100 quid, got it back, it works perfectly. Um, the only thing that didn't work was there was constantly like a display on screen the whole time, but then I got ordered a new remote, and that just worked. And then hilariously, the, the new remote I got was like controlling my other TV, which is also a Sony TV, just like 20 years later. Did not change the remote <laughs> technology. <laughs> Damn. Uh, but yeah, I got that, and it, it just does. I you know tested a bit with um, shipping on Intensity Nocturne. That looks fantastic on an old CRT. Whoo, that's the shit. Uh, now that I'm done with Starish, and I'm gonna get that in my room somehow, and uh, carrying up the stairs is gonna be a nightmare. And um, I got a modded PS2 the other day, so I can play a bunch of really old, you know, play I- your PS2 game backups. Exactly. Play all my PS2 legal game backups. <laughs> that you did, you know, Discrot's real and happening, so you need to make backups of your legally purchased PS2 video games so you could play them. Exactly. You understand. Uh, and yeah. it's not because uh, 10,000 bullets is like 500 quid and it's a, it's a game that should be a budget game, but I really want to play it. <laughs> I've never heard of this game except you won't shut up about it. It's not that I won't shut up about it. It is that it has been my go-to funny joke action game answer for the last month. I'm not obsessed mm-hmm. with it. It's just because of buying a CRT, there have been a lot of opportunities to say 10,000 bullets and laugh in my head. Uh, 10,000 bullets is someone trying to make a character action game out of the like slow-mo gun bits from The Matrix. Um, mm. Which is not like... You immediately go, Max Payne, Stranglehold. Like, no, not in that way. Like, a combo-based character action game about having guns and doing like slow-mo bullet time stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. It seems ridiculous. It is emblematic of the kind of dumb shit I want to play that you have absolutely no interest in. Because uh, you're too old to have been affected by the like bad PS2 game bug. I barely like the good PS2 games. Uh, but that's that's kind of what I'm I'm here for. And then I- PS2 is when modern gaming happened to my brain. I just don't care. <laughs> I'm going to play Silent Bomber. That's a PS1 game. I hope that the That's a PS1 PS2 game. I, I, I know about Silent Bomber. We could do Silent Bomber. Yeah, we should really do Silent Bomber. it would be a good idea. I mean, we can next year. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Oh, Silent Bomber is pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I have I have CRT now. And now I'm not playing Star Ocean. And once I get that up in my room, I can... Uh, which is not... You know, getting CRT up the stairs is a, it's an evening's work. Um, yes. Especially one that fucking massive. I have I have like a I have like a fifty five inch television that probably weighs like a quarter of your television. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. This is a disaster type thing. Uh, yeah. So once it's in place, it'll be in place, and uh, when I've got everything set up, I'm gonna have a good time. Um, haven't decided exactly what I'm gonna play first, but you know, I've got things that, like I really want to play the Shadow Hearts games. I tried on um emulator and so i know i go on about the input language there are some games where it's fine uh and there are some games where the main mechanic is timing very precisely on every attack uh lining up things with a a jpeg wheel that spins you should you should as your first game you should play resident evil 4 (laughs) well no 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 and here's why (laughs) because i don't have a gamecube no the ps2 version the bad PS2 version? The bad PS2 version with the Ada Wong stuff in it. It does have the Ada Wong stuff in it. I saw someone yeah. complaining about all the modern ports of Resident Evil 4, which to me is like, the current Resident Evil 4 ports are the gold standard. Just They're, they're totally serviceable ports, right? The thing is, this is what... this is. Other than the part where the way platforms work, you have to buy, rebuy the games again, this is what all games should be you should just re-release the game if it can run on the new thing you should put it out on the new thing every video game yes period 
and you shouldn't need to change it. You should do it. Like you know, movies yeah. get blue release is what yeah. should have been gains, but now everyone, those studios got shut down and they make demon cells. Anyway, regardless, uh, so someone was saying that like on all the modern ports, the like um, turning radius of the left analog sticks completely fucked. I'm like, I didn't even notice that. I've only played the new versions, uh, but I played it on GameCube and I played it on Wii, so I couldn't tell you. Radically different experiences, those two. I mean, I believe that like. You know what's you know what what console has a different analog stick? The GameCube. The GameCube. Uh, yeah. So I do believe that's different, but I I was like I I don't know if I can go down. You know, I feel like I ride the line, and by getting a CRT, I'm now very dangerous to falling into being so uh, obsessed about real hardware perfectionism that I become just like someone who's disconnected from all reality. I I'm gonna I'm gonna say maybe a spicy thing I don't know you should not be turning too much left to right in Resident Evil Four it's not a game about it's that for the, in, in the aiming oh okay it's not you're not turning because I'm like right. I'm like if you're like turn you need to you need to do a 180 back up and then do a 180 again and get lined up and then do all your shots no it's <laughs> that's when, how you play that game it's when you plant your feet and then have to get headshots is what the, yeah. is what the analog stick is really for no, that's the, that's why the Wii version was pretty cool because you just boom 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 got him I, I never played the wii version i i can't i since um we did metroid prime echoes i i briefly thought i should try metroid prime 3 uh, but my sensor bar has felt fallen back behind the back of my tv it was hard to um, reach and bend down forever. to and now i still haven't got it back it's gone it's fucking hard to get down there <laughs> oh it's hard to climb behind the tv i'm gonna move a crt up a flight of stairs before i go grab my sensor bar from behind the television <laughs> that's honestly true <laughs> oh what's going to my life did you play anything this month well, i played like you know a few hours of dark souls how's dark souls i'm an elite gamer uh, I made it to the Bell Gargoyles in less than an hour, and I still can't fucking beat them, so I guess I'm not an elite gamer at all. But, um, you know, it was fine. I, I might yeah. give it more of a try, because I was on Dia's uh, Let's Play, and so were you, and that's a fantastic Let's Play. Everyone watch Dia, Dia's with Love from Lordran Let's Play. It's great. I'm recording. I'm recording the second part of the DLC tonight. Uh, yeah. And this episode goes out probably tonight, so I'll already record it by the time this episode goes live. It'll be out later in the week. Yeah. Uh, but that- tight schedule today because we fucked up in our uh, my fuck it's all on me fucked up on the planning of this month did not mean to be recording on the 30th yeah I just believed you were like oh we've got one more weekend I was like, okay I'm sure we'll do that weekend then I looked at them I thought I thought the first was uh, I thought the first was on Tuesday and not uh, Monday so I well you got up. an email about an unrelated thing I forgot yes. what it was but that that email said something about oh Sunday the 31st and you were like hang on oh no yeah so this podcast coming out Saturday night I, um, what happened to me this month? I fell off of World Flipper. There, one day I was just playing and I was like, I think I'm good. And just deleted it. Feel good. Don't feel bad about it. That's just the way it goes. It's fine. Yeah. Um, sometimes you just need to, I mean, I start, okay, so I started a new job since the last time we recorded. Oh, I think I was God. just about to start when we yeah. recorded last time. That's really hurt my gaming time. Everything else I've mostly got a handle on. I don't want to fucking play video games. <laughs> it's really hurt that thing in particular. Um, so I, I got Metroid Dread, and I played, like, let's say three hours of Metroid Dread. I don't know if I like Metroid Dread very much. It's fine. It's better than Samus Returns, but it has a lot of the same problems that Samus Returns did, um, in that the environments are bland, 
And I think the free aim, which I don't think it was in Samus. I don't remember. I don't, I think you had, uh, but the free aim sucks. I fucking hate the controls. Let me use the D pad. I don't like playing Metro with an analog stick. I just feel like my, and I'm not using, I'm not even using the Joy-Cons. I'm using the, uh, 8 bit SN30 plus whatever, the one that has handles. Um, and, uh, I still just feel like every time I use the stick, I'm just like, it just wildly swings everywhere. I just don't think it's a game built for a stick. Uh, Metroid isn't built for a stick. Yeah. I like playing 2D games with a D-pad. I, I call me old-fashioned. I, I know it's old-fashioned. It's just how I do it. You can't even, like, swap to that in this. Like, the, the D-pad is other functions. When so. I'm playing a game like that, I will probably use the analog stick and the D-pad at, at separate points. Uh, but not if, you know, a bunch of functions are on one. Yeah, you know, you can't you can't do that here. Uh, which I think is rude. Yeah. Like, D-pad's like, there's like some map controls, and I think there's an ability later in the game that's mapped to the D-pad also. Uh, speaking of D-pads, I, when I was playing Star Ocean, uh, I, I was using uh, the uh, 8-bit Doe Pro 2 whatever controller. Um which, oh, the upgrade. The one the one that is supposedly an upgrade from the one I have, but every video when talking about it, I was like, I don't know if this is actually an upgrade. Uh, so the, you know the back buttons that it has? Yeah. I was very excited for those. I love back buttons and controls. You've got to program them. Uh, when you program them, every time you plug it into your PC, uh, your PC crashes and looks like it's never going to work again. Uh, and this was happening every time I was using the controller. And then... Eventually, I reset the controls to factory settings, then it then it fit worked fine. I was like, "Oh, this is because I was editing what like registry calls it was making." I guess mm. um, the only controller with back paddles I've ever used is the Steam controller, which is a controller I enjoyed for the record. Mm -hmm. um, I still have it. I, I could use it today. I'm not going to, but it's there. Um, Fair enough. I do. I do. Anyway, I like that controller. But the best thing about it is like, oh right, what if the main thing on your controller, and this hasn't been true for any video game controller in. 15 years was a d-pad <laughs> what if it was the, uh, a d-pad on your controller <laughs> the playstation main control is a d-pad i no, don't know not. why it's in that place but it's not the main control yeah, in fact by making the dual sense like bulkier and bigger one of the effects of that is making it more comfortable to sit your thumb on the analog stick rather than on yeah, the d-pad which now the d-pad is like more of a stretch to get to the the dualshock 3 is mainly driven via that's true because it's still dualshock 2 <laughs> Yes. The four, you can kind of go back and forth. I, I never liked the DualShock Four, and then the 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 DualSense. While you're right, I, I just I do think it's a nice controller. I'm not I'm not against it. I think the D-pad's a little too mushy. I wish it wasn't so mushy. I um, really like the Series X clicky D-pad. I like that. It's yeah. not it's not put in the center. It's not like your default thumb position, but it is just good. I, I the Elite apparently sucks, uh, but that you can I think switch the D-pads in a. Analog sticks around. Hmm. I'm never paying that much for. Yeah, I'm never. I'm never. Yeah, that's just not happening. So I guess to, it may as well not exist. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I want to go down that road, I might as well just fucking buy a fight stick and like play with like a hitbox or something. Uh, yeah. Get <laughs> become that person. Yeah, and if I do that, everyone has like a free pass to like shove me in a locker because I deserve it. Uh, I'll never stop making fun of you. It'll be great. Finally, the tables have turned. Yeah. No, thank you. Uh, I think that's it in terms of what I've played. I um, feel like there was something else I started and I just immediately fell off. I have no idea what it was now. It's fine. It's fine. Oh, I've, I've been playing one of the greatest action games ever made also. What? Castlevania 3! Oh, yeah, it's true. 
because I am it's good. Are you playing it on your CRT? No, because how do I, I? That's not how do I play it on the PS2? Oh yeah, fair enough. I like I could become a real hardware bastard, but that requires me to buy a NES. Time <laughs> to build a Mister. Right, like I, the thing. The, if the, I had a CRT, if I had a CRT, I would get a Mister like in a heartbeat. The reason. I got the CRT is because PS2 emulation is so fucking terrible. If it was at the standard mm. of GameCube emulation, I wouldn't have bought the CRT. Uh, you're right. You're right. But also because I care about older games than you, generally, I would get it, mister. The, the option is there. If I really want to go down this road, I could, like, try it. Uh, yeah. But for the standards of my things, I can, like, I, I can run um, Mason on RetroArch, and then I can run the, like, latency reducing thing by two frames, and then it feels great. Um so that's how I played Castlevania. It felt fine, uh, but I'm sure if I wanted to, I could, I could, you know, buy a modded NES and get a, you know, cart of um. Well, I have to find like a specific cart for uh that one because of the uh, it's actually a Famicom game stuff. Uh, that road leads to madness. I've just been playing that on my computer. Uh, but I've been yeah. going on it, but ooh, action games, I want to play more action games, but you can't do it here because you don't care. And you're like, that's correct, I don't care. Um, and so I was playing Castlevania 3 on my own time, having a great time. Yes. Alright, that's probably it. We should get into our uh, game club. Let's do it! Club this month is Star Ocean, uh, the Super Famicom game that uh, launched in Japan July 19th, 1996, uh, developed by Tri-Ace, published by Enix. Um, th this got like a PSP remake that then got a PS4 and Switch like remastering, I guess. I played the PSP version back in the day. Um, we aren't covering those. Those are r relatively reconsidered like, games. Like, they built them on Starship 2 engine. Um, we're talking about the Famicom one. The plot points are roughly the same, though. Um, but, more importantly, Starship itself, a little bit of history. Uh, Team Wolf, or Wolf Team, uh, was hired by Namco to make Tales of Fantasia. And Namco... Uh, and them just fought forever about what the game was. Like, oh, we want it this way, blah, blah, blah. I haven't really... I played a little bit of Tales of Fantasia when it came on Game Boy Advance, but I have not finished Journey. Apparently that's but terrible. But they had such a bad time that a lot of the development team said, fuck you and left. And then they made Trice, and they're like, we're going to do this again, but the way we wanted to. And that game is Star Ocean. Uh, yeah, I have not played Tales of Fantasia, but this is... these the. I did not realize until doing this that the the two big action RP action anime RPG series like came from the same place essentially. Yes. Um, Tales Tales of Fantasia is like this like the action is a little it's a little more like an action game and like there's none of the like item creation like 
other systems stuff. Yeah, so this game's like, what if the what if systems? And you're like, oh, modern JRPGs arrived. Yeah, like instantly. Um, but it is it is a it is a you know random battle uh, JRPG where you control a party of up to four people. You control one character and like it. It feels like it should be an action game, but you don't really have direct control. You just kind of pick commands and your character runs the enemy. But there is, like, flanking enemies is, like, an ability. And, like, you can do juggles and stuff for the other characters' AI control. But you can swap to them and, like, issue commands and stuff. Um, kind of the precursor of, like, light action RPGs. Um, I thought you were going to say kind of the precursor of every video game that Square Enix makes uh, now. Yeah, that, that's true. Um, Jackson, would you like to briefly cover the plot of Star Ocean? Oh, Ocean's? no, I don't. Oh, that's my job, isn't it? Fuck. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll do my best. Let me get the Star Ocean Wikipedia page up, but I don't think it's going to be much help. Um, Star Ocean is a game about the planet Roke, uh, mainly, uh, which is where... Uh, Ratix lives, uh, or Rotix. Okay, we look at this bad translation. Everyone's got different names. We're probably going to be using those names. Didn't go oh, Rotix. Yes, he is. He, I know he's called Rotix, but I don't remember what everyone is called in the official version. That's um, fine. But uh, he lives on Roke, which is a planet uh, where you know a bunch of uh, people with like cat tails live, um, and. One of uh, like his friends gets an affliction from the neighboring town uh, when they go to fight, go to there because there's a horrible disease there, uh, and before dying, immediately before dying from this disease, when they're going to the top of the mountain to find the cure, uh, instead of there being a cure at the top of the mountain, two characters from Star Trek beam down and they're like, "Hey, sup? Oh, we've been discovered. Uh, let's take you to the ship and we'll help you there instead. By the way, you're in Star Trek and uh, the main characters who are living in the fantasy world from a JRPG are freaking out about this. Uh, so you go to the, the ship and you're like, holy shit, this is amazing. Uh, there's so much going on. This world is now huge. There's nothing. There's loads going on here. Uh, we're in a completely different universe, a completely different mode of storytelling. Uh, and you go to the, the ship. Uh, they put the uh, guy in stasis. And they're like, okay, we're putting him in stasis, but he's basically dead right now. Um, and we're going to go find the cure. The way you find the cure is by finding the source of it. Uh, a, a neighboring, like... Uh, star system and planet that isn't part of the Federation uh, has been um, doing some nefarious stuff and they have the cure to this virus. Or they have the, like the source of it. The, the, once they find the source of the virus, you can you can create the cure is the, the thing in the game. And then they go to the, like, the Federation and try to negotiate, but the negotiations don't work and everyone's mad about this. Uh, so they screw our orders and go back to literally the Guardian of forever from fucking star trek uh and go back in time uh to find the source of like why these why these people were messing with this weird planet roke in the first place and so you head to roke's past to solve this mystery and when you do this you think oh is this going to be like a switching time games and we're going between different times different planets no then proceeds a 20 hour video game uh normal fantasy adventure about going to different kingdoms and collecting emblems to s visit the demon world and to save the demon the world from the influence of demons uh at the end of this 20 hours after you've done all this uh you realize that the um ancestors of both uh this planet and also the other planet uh came from earth they were on the lost continent of mu uh which um 
there was like a horrific accident or i guess more of a natural event and they were teleported across the universe in like an ion storm or something i forget the actual i forgot what technopapa they used but they a big event happened they all got teleported across the universe some of them ended up on nice planets some of them ended up on evil planets uh and the evil planet people uh are getting quest revenge question mark uh it's very poorly explained why they care or what they want uh, the he the villain that at the end gives a big like oh i hate earth and i hate all the opportunities you've been given speech but the game's not been about that and also he's been scientifically engineered to have racism so it, he has no points that's <laughs> a very weird like generic thing to go through when there's no substance to it uh but you you steal the demon world uh you 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 uh you know, find the source of the virus, you cure uh, your guy, and then you are all brought back, uh, like, five minutes later in a, what is basically an OVA sequel to go fight a guy you've never heard about in a planet that doesn't matter, uh, because it's to do with the uh, star plots that wasn't really fleshed out in the in the story. Uh, Renix, uh, Renixis goes and, like, picks up everyone, um, and, uh, gets them all back from their times and collects them into uh, one squad to go assassinate the leader of this other rival power, uh, which you do, and then the day is saved, and that's the end of the game. I feel like I have lost all sense of time as you were explaining this to me, and I played the fucking video game. That's what the game... Nothing happens in this game, but there's enough moving points that it's really hard to summarize because barely any of them are connected. Also, you described a game that, like, it took me 23 three hours to play through this game um but this could in in its entirety be the plot of a three-hour part of live alive (laughs) yeah easy including the ova sequel yeah including the ova sequel bit where they're like ah everyone's back we're gonna get the gang back together a year later to go assassinate this guy and uh you know live alive would have spent the time to be like in that time uh you know uh mavelle went and like started doing fushigi and uh parisi is like hanging out and is like doing juggling tricks or some bullshit you know that's a character i've never seen Oh, she's the cat girl. You have to rescue her from the the dungeon. There's a dungeon you go in early where you can, like, use a, like, a flint and steel to blow up walls. And if you go through, you can find her in the dungeon and free her. And she drops an ocarina. And then later, you find a cat. And if you play the ocarina for the cat, she transforms back into Parisi and oh, joins her party. I did see her at the start of the game, obviously. Uh, but I never got her back. Yeah. At the end. She's like a comedy character because she is she unlike everyone else who's like a cat person the way that like Zidane's like a monkey person in Fantasy Nine doesn't really matter. She's like a cat person. Yeah, Dominion. They put a cat girl in the video game, uh, but it's nineties cat girl, different different era yeah, of cat. I girl. mean, classic cat girl, yes. vintage cla- Vinti- cat girl. <laughs> we got these vintage cat girls in the SNES game. Yes. <laughs> um, but yeah, the plot of this game's weird. It's weird. Uh, nothing happens, but when there is a cutscene, it goes on forever. Yes. Um, the, the, like, 45 minutes in where it just stops for, like, literally a half hour to 45 minutes to do a whole, like, sequence of, like, story beats, where it just be, it just becomes a visual novel at that point, where your characters get beamed away and have to go talk to the Federation. The Federation's like, we can't help you, and your, your Starship Captain friend's like, ah, damn, I'll buy you a soda, and we'll talk about what we can do now, uh, at the fucking, like, five and dime in space. It's fucking wild. That's stuff, I'm like, where's that game? <laughs> this game is puts its best foot forward and like blow immediately blows up the fancy world you get like 
45 minutes of just running around doing kind of boring fantasy quest stuff. Oh, I'm going to the village, one village along, and oh, I've got to go to the mountain to get the magic cure for the thing. And it's very boring. And it's seemingly knowingly boring because mm-hmm. they do this as a setup to have Star Trek intrude in it and everyone cheers because uh, yes. it's great. Uh, but then after the Star Trek sequence, because they didn't make any video game there, it's all cutscenes, you just go back to the fantasy world and proceed with the kind of boring setup that it already had uh except there's this layer over the top of it that ends up mattering like once every 10 hours for one cutscene yes um and it's just a it's just a game about going across fantasy world doing jrpg things it's like why did we yes. bother with the like if you're going to use the premise so little why is it here yeah and the the thing here is that you have you have Ronix, who's the captain, and his like lieutenant Ilya as the two future people. Everyone else is just kind of from this planet or whatever, um, but they're the two future people. And your party gets split up, so like Rodic is going with Ilya, and uh, Ronix is taking Millie, your like childhood friend, uh, and uh, you, you get split up, and the, that that stuff happens. But at that point it becomes you hanging out with like a, a lady who's just is from space and knows stuff. But because it's a SNES game, there's not enough time to develop that as an idea in a way that's like really frustrating. Um, and, and this game, so Star Ocean has this thing called private actions. And it's like the big deal in Star Ocean. Um, this is in two and I've, I haven't played, I played a little bit before, but I never got to really where there was private actions. That's a game about cro- crossing a big field. Cause it's made for the 360. Um, I assume there are not private actions in uh, four because yeah. uh, all those um, voiced. but when you go to a town, you have an option of splitting your party up and then you go into the town and you can talk to people and have interactions. Um, and that builds like hidden character like affinity mechanics. Um, in two, I know that was like that leads to, like in the endings, who gets paired off because there's like the ones that sh- the, the game wants you to pair off. Like you know, these are the relationships that are canon. But if you override that by just making sure you do the right uh, private actions, the game will just roll with it and pair off whoever you decide to put together. Um, in in whatever pairing, like oh, we're friends and going on a a fight mission together, or ah, oh, we fell in love inexplicably because we're two of the most opposite characters that have ever existed, stuff like that. But I may um, I did enough of the private actions to override everyone's characters. Yes. Yeah. Um, this game doesn't really have enough like character stuff to really get into that, and I know the PSP game adds a lot more. Like, there's a character in this game I didn't pick up who's like a wolf guy. He's like he looks like like a Ronma character, and he he turns into a werewolf, and he literally doesn't have private actions because they didn't have time to put them in. He's got him in the PSP version, but not in this one. <laughs> yes. Um, and so it just ends up feeling like the bones of what becomes like anime RPGs, but like really shoddily constructed in that stuff because like. I like the idea of I'm a, I'm a I'm a normal fantasy adventurer and I get thrown in with this like lieutenant from a spaceship and we just have to do like there's a bit early on where you go in and you're in the past so it's already weird like you're going to a town that you visited but you know but only 300 years in the future so you haven't been you're like you're like this is weird everything's a little different you go into the shop and you're a stranger you're in many ways you're more of a stranger than she is to this place because you kind of recognize it but just enough to fuck you up and you try to buy clothes for her because she's wearing space outfit and the guy like overcharges you because he knows that you're not from here for this space outfit and it's like the best moment in the game <laughs> he he overcharges you by the standards of their money but because you've yes. brought money from the future you have so much fucking money that it like yeah. he's like he's like ah oh, the outfit it would be five oh wait, no, no sorry it's ten full i had like 700 full <laughs> right and that's just like starting money that's not yes uh, uh like from grinding which we'll get to eventually no. um but is it an incredible moment of like oh right the, the even 
you know, I've got 300 years of inflation to fuck this guy up with. Uh, yes. It's a very funny, good bit. Um, and It's literally the best scene in the game. Like, straight up. And because, like, in the future bit, you only have the first two towns. Uh, yeah. I, I was very surprised that, like, and during, like, there's the starship that crashes, which is an obvious, like, sign. You know, the big crash starship in the first zone. You're like, well, once you go back in time, you're like, well, that starship's crashing by the end of this video game. Uh, yeah. And it does. Uh, but most of the game after that is going through areas that are completely new, uh, that you've never seen before, and are f- functionally just new fantasy areas in the fantasy video game, uh, and have very little to do with anything. Um, and then because of the structure of the story, uh, by which I mean the party composition being so variable, uh, and they having like optional, you know, you can, you can get characters in different orders. You can see scenes in different orders. You can skip dungeons and see different scenes. Uh, the story can change fairly significantly, which the upshot of this is as a, a lot of the scenes feel disconnected and the characters like have to be relatively static because they can't they they don't know what development you've seen right they don't know what the characters have said before when you get into any given scene for the most part mm. uh, so it really like the turning the narrative itself into the confusing opaque system of an anime rpg uh hampers the narrative's ability to do anything to me um yes and i'm sure to a lot of people like when this is a game designed to be played over and over again in the way that rpgs are in the 90s you would do that and you would have a good time because in every game you'd see different scenes and be like oh i didn't know that when i put this character with this character and went to this place there was a whole scene for that oh crazy i just want to see the scenes in an order that they were written to tell tell story Uh, just Mm -hmm. different aims yeah Yeah, it's um, it's weird because like I love the pitch, and I remember when I played. I remember when I played the the PSP version, thinking like, ah, this is really thin compared to like Starship Two, which is like not a dissimilar premise. Uh, briefly, uh, just to say, because I don't know if we'll ever cover it. Starship Two, you pick who you start as as your character, and you have a, a like an elf girl from a magical like fantasy place, or you have uh Roxas's son Claude as the two characters. Uh, yes. I loaded up the first five minutes of Starship 2 on PS2, uh, PS1, just like, just to, uh, I should go see what that game's like. Uh, yes. immediately, the best fucking voice acting you've ever heard. Oh my god, yes. the late 90s. <laughs> um, but, and then you go on an adventure and, like, he crash lands and he ends up, or he gets, no, it's like a weird transporter accident. He gets transported to this magical land and they, they go on this adventure together, try to get back home. And it turns out this place is, while magical, maybe has some weird connections to some magic space technology. <laughs> wow because anime because there's only one anime story yep (laughs) um but that game is one it's a much bigger cast but two it's on the ps1 so it's a lot more like way more character interactions way more characters they're more expressive because like the sprite works better we'll talk about that in a second um but it's just it like there's like a fucking because it's the late 90s instead of the early, like mid 90s uh there's like a character who's just like a bounty hunter in like a like a long black dress and she has a giant sniper rifle that's her character she's just that woman and it's good <laughs> fair enough her name's Opera, and she rules. Of course, of course her name is Opera. Why would I think her name yes. could be anything else? Um, it's just like, it just feels so much more, div- partially because it's pulling from more, like, varied, like, ideas of what anime is. Um, there's a weird bit in this, there's a, there's a place you go in this, I don't even remember where it was, but there's someone selling 
I think they're selling like magazines in the in the shop. Did you see this? Uh, no, I mean, there's there's the three girls selling you their magazines, but maybe it's there. You pick up these magazines, and if you look in the item description, they have like logos, and one of them is like a picture of Ray Ayanami from Evangelion. One of them is the fucking Gundam. What? It's <laughs> it's weird. And I mean, it makes sense. You have a character called Marvel Frozen in it. Marvel Frozen. Yeah, who's, in this who's game. A that's literally a character from Dunbine. She's not like that character, but she literally has the same name. Yeah, which is like, you know, if you loaded up a... If, if, if I was... Right, the Western equivalent for this kind of pastiche would be like, oh, and here's my, like, a third party member, Will Riker. Like, it's just weird. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I sent you a picture of opera, by the way. She um, rules. Sent a picture of opera. Let me take a look at this uh, opera. Uh, at home, you can Google opera star ocean. And yeah, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, is this on some uh, uh, Sniper Wolf shit? And yeah, basically. Yes. Um, yes. But like, what if Sniper Wolf was Melolink? What, but also Faye Valentine. But also Faye Valentine, because all yeah. the anime is happening at the same time. Yes. yes. Uh, um. I, I have seen... So I've been deciding not whether I will play Star Ocean 2. That's still an if. But if I do, where do I play it? Is the PSP version similar enough? The, uh, the having PS, peeked the in at the opening... PS1 version. Having peeked in at the opening, uh, there's no contest. It's the PS1 version. Holy they shit. Ch they changed the voice acting for one. The thing... Okay, so this is this is silly, but before we... Because we're never going to cover Star Ocean 2. It's too long. Um, I I wanted to, but playing this, I'm like, no. That you would, don't. That'd you would date with, like, destroy... Because yeah. the thing about Star Ocean and then that is increased in Star Ocean 2 is that these are games about nothing. So, like, basically, the idle games you play and then the JRPG around it because you're increasing a bunch of stats to do thing that increase system nonsense which is great yeah. when you're 17 <laughs> the thing about the thing about star ocean 2 specifically is the item the item creation tools which are mostly in the, i didn't realize they were all from this game but they show basically fully formed um are the way they're presented in that is you're like i'm gonna go build an item and in the ps1 game only there's this ridiculous animation of the the, the a 3d a low poly 3d model of the object like say it's like clay you're using clay and it morphs it like does like a 3d mesh morph into both the good thing that it could make or the bad thing it could make and it just kind of stops randomly on which one and that's not in the psp version and for some reason that's the thing that like makes me mad <laughs> There's so much more instantly to be mad at than that, but I love that you have the one thing. You're like, yeah, this is the thing. Oh yeah, I mean, here's the other thing. Uh, let me send you. Uh, let me send you this photo of the character designs. Yep. Uh, and that's actually the reason to be mad because fucking terrible. Uh, the ad here's the actual thing because I played the first five minutes of both, just like looked up to the first battle. I just wanted to like see how the feel was, and uh, I knew I wasn't gonna like start them now. I just wanted to take a peek in. Star Ocean two, uh, two on the PSP is f seemingly fully voiced. Yes. The way they do this is in contradiction to the fucking Geneva Convention of Video Games that doesn't exist but should, that declares if your RPG is fully voiced, you should still be able to press X and skip the voice acting. You can't do that! Oh, you can't do that. I don't, it's been so long since you I You can't do that. that. You, you have to wait for husband to finish reading the line before you can press X to go to the next line. So a scene of like four seconds takes 30 in, in the D version. Uh, so anyway, if I ever do play that, I'll be on the PS1. I mean, but look at the look at the difference in art. It's like a different wave of anime had happened, and I just think it's less good. Uh, yeah, God, this is. I mean, this look. This doesn't look exactly like anime now. It's still fifteen years old, but the the golf. Yes, these are closer in time, uh, technically, than the PSP version and today. They don't feel. Yes. Like, they feel from like yeah. two massively different eras. Yeah. Um. Anyway, the thing about Star Ocean One, uh, is. Like, because it has all these things that I recognize from a game I really liked, but in this, like, lesser version, I just found myself really frustrated. Like, 
there's no open world in a way that like modern RPGs have really like eschewed open worlds. Uh, like, you know, the world map, not another world, but the world map, like there's no world map. There is like, there are screens that operate like a world map, but they're basically like another dungeon and that you're running across big like map spaces that are linked together. And there's like a mini map that you can use to follow kind of where you're going, but it, it ends up forcing you into this position where because they're presented in the same layer as a dungeon where there's not like a pullout where you're a big, where you're a big person that's as big as the towns you're walking into, which is like the epitome of what a world map is to me. Um, it just feels like you're constantly either in a town or in a dungeon. It's like, it's done the thing that eventually like we start complaining, people start complaining about like Final 13 or whatever, where it's like, there's no, there's no third state. You need a third state. Final 13 is different than that. There's like only one state <laughs> there's fighting or cutscenes. That's it. We got rid of everything else um, for better or worse. But um, Plus. this game just has those two things. And it's really frustrating. Cause like, I'm like, sometimes I just want to run around a big town, like world. And there's always random battles on a world map, of course, but because it feels different, in like an abstracted world map, this just feels like there's like lesser dungeons and then bigger dungeons where the encounter rate is even higher. And this game just has a high encounter rate across the board. It's miserable. The encounter rate is so fucked. Oh my God. It's so ridiculous. Yeah. And then they have like basically connective dungeons between the dungeons, like you said, uh, which they do. You have an encounter rate lowering scale, but it seemingly only works on the main map, which is like, okay, why when i am at least getting the emblems like once i get to sylphon and i've explored the whole world why can i not select everything from a menu yeah final fantasy 10 does this yeah. <laughs> yes there's also a bit yeah, the back third of the entire game is a, literally about traversing the whole world map again to go back to all the kingdoms and ask them for a thing there's one bit that makes me feel crazy so okay so you do this you get you get to the you, you traverse the whole map and you've gone to all four kingdoms and this guy's like all right go back to the four kingdoms and get me my emblems and then we can all uh then we can open the key to the demon world because they split them between the peoples so it'd be really hard to do and you couldn't just like open the demon world on a whim uh and you're like fair enough let's go you go back everywhere it takes forever because you can't just fast travel and even and even you can like, use you can use like the boats, but they don't. It's only after you finish the quest that they just give you options on where you want to go. Before that, you kind of have to do them in the right order. Well, no, it's and the, it doesn't it's, take you everywhere. It's at the start of this quest where you get them. Yeah, but you still have to like go to one place, and then you you can't go to everywhere from every port. Some ports yes. take you to different places. Like when you're on yeah. one side of the middle continent, you still have to go all the way through it to get to the uh, other yes. place. Uh, and then it's castles in the middle, so you have to do that anyway. Um. And so you go through all that, and I, the order I did was obviously I got the Sylvan one from Sylvan because it's right there. Uh, I got the one. No, no, the Van get, Van starts you out. You get Van, then you go to Sylvan, then you got two left. Um, you have the one on the first island, the one on the sand island. Um, mm -hmm. And so I go to the first one first, just go back there, uh, do that secret dungeon, which is a cave. Uh, do, do the other secret dungeon, which is the blue cave. Uh, <laughs> identical secret dungeons for both of them uh do all that uh then go to the second one um and now i get i get the last emblem and i am round the corner from my next objective which is uh, the temple uh but i can't go there i have to go back to the first guy to confirm i've got all the emblems then he sends me back to the temple and i have to run through all of that doing encounters each way or opening up the menu to press trumpet 2 every so often which also takes forever because the menu kind of slow in this game uh and it's just so unwieldy for like a thing that's meant to be about retraversing the world which in a game with an overworld is about how now 
your new method of transportation can allow you to connect the world up in it like it there's a reframing of the world when you get to the part in a jrpg where you can go to more places right you the world is fundamentally reframed because your ability to interact with the overworld has changed throughout the game that's not true in star ocean you're just running through the same path over and over again it's so boring mm-hmm. uh, and yet it still has the bit where you run through everything because the game uh has no content it's very light game uh in a way that's like they spent a lot of money on this game it is not a cheap game but the budget goes on things i find really um just not things i value in jrpgs and specifically choices made that i think really hamstrung it in ways that could be better i think the sprite work in this game is some of the worst sprite work i've ever seen uh and that's not even an exaggeration like it's expensive and beautiful in some instances and like some of the like background work but the character sprites i can't tell people apart half the time they're too detailed they are too detailed for the stess uh and the the excessive detail means that like what sprite work is good for which is good like outlines and character so that you can immediately identify doing clear poses is gone like and that doesn't that's just not really there here in this game because they've gone for like the high graphics of the 90s of 96 and it's just like a different value system that i think hamstrings the game completely yeah yeah partially the the this the problem here is like the game's just ugly like the character designs are ugly they're not very expressive it's hard to tell people apart um and the world is just like this like hyper detailed like we made big maps that like make it hard like there's so many times where i'd go into like a dungeon and be like is this a switch is this a thing i interact with and no the answer was no every, almost every time except that one dungeon where like, the answer is yes but you don't realize you're halfway through the dungeon yes that's one of the um, worst dungeons i've ever played because because it's just like this incredibly like over dense and this is a thing that like i associate with like indie games where you just the spider became so dense that like the idea the ability to pick out important objects from the background starts dissolving because the art's just too hot like the standard of art density is just too high um and things aren't like labeled correctly like in final fantasy 4 i know when there's a switch because it looks different than everything else everything else is very simple tiles so it's like oh damn that's the thing that's new uh let's examine that but in this like everything's just too much all the time and it just ends up feeling like exhausting and for all of that it's like you go through the same you go through the same fucking d- caves over and over again and then it like changes to like uh instead of a cave it's like a lab but like the way the the space is designed basically identical and and they're fundamentally like maybe three or four main dungeon tile sets for the whole game yes a lot of color shifted caves uh multiple yep. once you get into like the uh metal ones you got that those those catwalks over and over again um yes because the sprites are so detailed and like the uh the game is um trying to cram all these graphics on a snes cartridge that they, they can't make unique unique tile sets for every dungeon um and so it just looks worse than uh, a lot of other games and the, 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 they spent a lot of money and they like a lot of work and effort was put into it but it's into things that like why would you put the money there have you seen earthbound <laughs> earthbound yes. is a good looking video game i can tell who everyone is instantly and it looks beautiful uh and this game just is like you know i mean at the time people complained about earthbound being like looking simple it's like this looks like an nes game not a snes game so I mean, so that's just the truth of video games. Is they haven't actually yes. changed. They've been like this forever. <laughs> the, the complaints we were making that we make about modern games, like those value systems existed at the time. Yes. Um, and it is strange what like gets put into those complaints and what doesn't. Uh, 
yeah. Because at the time, obviously, Final Fantasy VII, beloved game. Everyone adores it. Like, it's a massive success, and specifically a success of, uh, you know, money and having the CGI. Uh, it, yes. it is graphics technical. Um, but then, you know, a lot of the complaints looking back at it are, all oh, oh, look at these weird... Like, the things that have aged the best are the ways it is expressive and weird and low budgets, even though it's actually massive budget. But, you know, no one has... No other character in a 3D game has a shrug like Cloud. It just does. No one did that. Why would you ever do that? Uh, and it's amazing. Um, and yes. so that's the stuff that like ages the best because it's expressive and abstract, and it's the stuff that like gamers don't like. Yeah, which is how you end up in '96 on the SNES with Star Ocean. Yep. I was looking at Earthbound screenshots now. This is one of the greatest looking games ever made. I know. Anyway, enough of that. Got to get back to this podcast. Um. Yeah, it's just it just ends up really being frustrating. I spent most of my time like, and this is the thing with JRPGs is like, so much of it is like either the joy of seeing numbers go up, um, but the, I don't think the battle system here is like particularly interesting um, because a lot of it is just you hit the attack button over and over again. Maybe you throw in a special attack if you like want to get through in a hurry or something's particularly tough, but um, that's just like you hit a bumper and he does like a big flaming sword instead of like you know. <laughs> um just a normal attack um and then you you hope that you're like juggle the enemy or flip around and do a backstab abilities like proc because you don't have any control over that shit so you might as well just be pressing x but a lot instead of like i ah, the the ATB's filled up i hit x it is just jam on x as fast as possible the video game yeah i really don't like this battle system um i tried it i mean obviously i played it the whole time and i beat the video game but like i I didn't feel like I was learning anything. I didn't feel like I was expressing, like, there was no, like, okay, when I go into this dungeon, obviously I'm a higher level, but also I'm more familiar with the game to exploit weaknesses and use strategy. Like, in a turn-based RPG, those are the decisions being made. Those decisions have been radically reduced here because it's an action RPG, so it's far more about making sure that you're hitting the right guy. Uh, The closest thing to decision-making in the value you get are whether you use special attacks and what times you use which moves with which characters um, because you want to, like... You can't you can't move anyone, but you can like take note of positioning and try to time your attacks when people are bunched up, uh, which is like fine. But it ends up just like leading into ad- attempts to make the battle system more efficient. I didn't feel like I was challenged ever. I was I was never challenged. I was only ever under leveled, uh, which is a different thing. Uh, so it's got a very like um, simple dungeon crawly system with a battle system that makes you press a way more times and takes way longer even though it's not as like complicated as turn-based games of the era uh because it's all in favor of action rpg stuff and i'm i'm not as anti-action rpgs as you generally uh but i do think that like in this form before like there are so many systems outside of battle and you can spend like and i did i spent a long time outside of ionis like raising up my abilities and fusing this and doing this and getting loads of money and I, I broke the game in five minutes I didn't even need a guide for that I was pretty evident how to break the game um, and I had a good time with it but then realized it didn't like change battles it didn't like influence anything uh, in the way that I associate these kind of systems with giving me more opportunities to do things and they they don't they just make some of your moves more powerful really is the, the long and short of it there's no there's, it just doesn't change anything Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And so that was disappointing. And I assume that this will, like, as this genre evolves, this is a thing that will change. Because I know eventually the in-battle, we have six meters, catches up with the out-of-battle, we have a million system things. Those two things. And you like that less in a different way, uh, but it's not as empty. Yeah. You know, you're right about that. Right, but neither of those are your thing. You want to play a goddamn... You want to play Dragon Quest. You want to play a turn-based RPG where you have some I characters. I do want to play Dragon Quest. That is true. Final Fantasy. Spoiled by a game that just has, like, a, a battle system that, like, has, like, its puzzles. Like, the puzzle bosses. Uh, radically, usually, like, has dungeons that are based on different mechanics. And, like, focused on, char- like, strong characters with, like, stories that, like, have arcs. <laughs> yes. Turns out, once upon a time, you could indeed have it all. Not anymore, but once upon a time. When I was playing this, I was le- so I wasn't having a great time, but I I didn't know if I didn't like the game or if the game was fine, and I hated RPGs now. I feel like yeah. that's been my reaction to every time I play a bad RPG. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Is that is this is this just me? Has has the spell of numbers going up been broken? Do I just not find any joy in this, and it's it's just me? Uh, and then I think back on Live Alive and think, no, you can you can do beautiful things with this format. You can like realize the format is a lie and just do ridiculous like storytelling uh, with like expressive ga- and like no one else has made Live Alive. Square hasn't even made Live Alive ex- since Live Alive. No, it's, it's singular thing. What a beautiful object. Mm-hmm. Um, but it. it it existing does make me consider the possibilities for these kind of RPGs and games like Starish and make me sad then when they're like, what if the game was kind of bad, but then we had like a kind of addictive level up system in the middle of it that didn't really affect the actual video game, but you can spend five hours fucking about with it and then go, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh how much else do we have? We kind of talked about a lot of it. No, we can just be done. I just, it, it's frustrating. Um, Cause like, I see the bones of a thing I'd like here, but like when I think about what that is, I'm like, Oh, it's just like, what if live alive? Like that exists. We played it. It was fucking great. It really just puts every anime JRPG to shame. Yes. Uh, this game, the credits roll. And because they've been using, there's no like sprites for the overworld, the credits and like the game's been rushed, right? Like they have really slammed to get this out. The credits are just text on a sc- When I play an RPG from the SNES, I expect everyone to line up and do a dance or something. I don't not you don't have to go all the way. You don't have to give me the full bayonetta, or, but uh yeah, you have the character role. There's none of that. No time. Uh and it's very sad. Um I, I want to talk briefly about one of my favorite scenes in the game. There are like a couple scenes where like I see the potential for this story. Um and it's the scene in which uh, uh, Ornexus and Ilya have meet up. Uh, they they have finally reunited, and everyone, all the, the gangs, got together. And they have a really good, like, good riffing on Star Trek conversation about they have come to this place, and this place has gods and demons, and what does this mean about their belief in technology and slowly coming to the real and like you know logicking through it all, and then slowly coming to the realization that wait my belief in technology is itself a belief founded by a culture that I just assumed to be right. That is no different from anyone else. Ah, there is no, you know, a universal reality. And you know, it's very standard stuff, but they was a good scene. They talk about it. I'm like, this is good. It's like good character interaction for these characters stuck in a situation. It's one scene out of the whole game. It's not like a plot line that goes anywhere. It's one scene. And maybe I can get more in private actions. Um, 
Uh, there's the other, there's like meeting Millie again when she's been in the um, uh, been in the inn helping out, which is like I thought it was a really cute scene, even if I was rolling my eyes at how much like when the woman goes away, she becomes a fake mum for a while. Anime is the same, no matter the era. <laughs> uh, yep. Uh, but the scene itself was, you know, totally fine, ex- except for the part that whenever a scene like that plays, and I'm like meant to be finding it wistful. Uh, Country Roads is playing in the background, so I'm laughing. <laughs> yes. But that's really it. Um, I don't want to seem like there were no positives, but I definitely came out not having a great time. No, I had a pretty miserable time, I'll be honest with you. We didn't even talk about the final guy, because he doesn't matter! That's how little he matters. He doesn't matter. He gives a big speech about, like, uh, maybe the Federation's evil, actually, and you're like, uh, I guess, but, like, we haven't seen it? The game's not about that. He gives and a... Yeah. He gives a... Uh, it's just, like, he, his whole thing is, like, it's not even worth getting into. He's like, I want my people, the people who built me to be like a, a genocide man. Uh, I want them to be able to like live free and like how you used to, you do on earth with all your luxuries. And I'm like, th- my main, the main characters aren't from earth. They're not part of the Federation. They're going to go back to fantasy town when this is over. In the OVA sequel, there are the bones of like things that we would focus on. And they're all present, but they have no, they don't matter, and they've not been expected. Like the idea that the the sequel to this like adventure and coming of age adventure for these people in this world uh, is um, this one guy, like this one officer in the Federation who doesn't do anything and is not good in battle, uh, picking up guys from another planet to use them to assassinate someone for his Federation uh, for his own career advancement that ends up like, you know, he just picks well, the guys up. The part, like, the part where the officer's like, ah, Ronix, you did great on that mission. Now you want, now we want you to go assassinate a man. <laughs> and he's like, ah, oh, let me go get these other guys that I own. And Brit- there's almost something interesting there, but it's not, they don't spend any time on it. If this, if this, this, this if this was an anime and this was an OVA sequel, this would just be the endless waltz and we'd have a great time, but it, they, they just go through the motions and I'm not even invested when they're saying the dumb shit. <laughs> uh so just frustrating yeah um you could just go watch matt cross it's better it's also dumb it's way better yeah it's it's dumb but like the narrative weight of a dumb anime is just of a dumb anything else that's like about storytelling is just better than the narrative weight of a dumb video game uh that not always but i would say 90 percent of the time yes yeah as a rule it's a good rule to have especially in this era there's just not enough story and then when you get later, like you get into like you know modern games, and there isn't a lot of story, but it's like, what if we had a thirteen-minute cutscene of Mickey Mouse explaining darkness to you? And you're like, I want to die. Uh, <laughs> it's it's yep. very strange that even when video games starts to get like longer scenes, they take advantage of them. But then you like compare, you know, no anime would spend five minutes in one play. Oh, you know what? I guess if it's like shown and show it would. So never mind. They're just ripping off the wrong anime. Anyway, yeah, we can we can finish now. Uh, I've stretched. Yeah, we're we're going to questions. Music.
If you would like to send in questions, you can do that at abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. We like them about anything. They don't have to be about the game we're covering. Um, most of these are not because no one played Star Ocean. But we do have some uh, questions. This one actually is from uh, last month that came in after we had recorded uh, from Stove. What's the best superpower mechanic in a video game? Like, like power, like, like, a... I'm sure we're talking Answer about... however you want. Does this, does this mean, exact word, it's superpower mechanic, is that the phrase? Yeah. God, I don't know. I mean, if, 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 if you mean, like, superpowers of a character, uh, it's Spider-Man Swing and Spider-Man 2. I'm gonna say... Um, and this is not necessarily superhero, but you know, might as well be. I love the way in Mario Galaxy, when you have the ice flower, Mario skates on water. I think it's good. I want a game about that mechanic. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that happens in a lot of games where you get the ice movement. Yeah, but like, I want a game wrapped around yeah. that ability. Like that I can't think I of that game. Like That game that shows up in every 3D platform, but I can't think of a game yeah. designed around that kind of momentum-managing platforming, because yeah. a lot of people hate that stuff in platforming, but you're like, no, this is like when you really show your mastery. Why are platformers for babies now? <laughs> yeah. Um, what's a series of, or a game that you would have loved if they could only fix one thing? Uh, Stove's example is honestly one of mine. Would have would love the Yakuza series if I could walk more than two feet without getting in a force enemy encounter. They should take. They should have an option to play those games without combat, outside of like the big story related ones. They sh I if I was to make a mod, I would literally make a Yakuza mod that would do that, and I, part of it would be like setting up all of the boss battles with like builds. Or no, you'd have two. One would be you'd be level ninety nine the whole time. You would destroy every boss, and you know you'd play mm -hmm. that one. Or you just turn it into a boss rush, and there's like just enough battles to like get you to the system, and you yeah. just, then you fight the bosses and you enjoy yourself, but you don't have to fight random guys every three seconds. Yes. Oh, that stuff is really annoying. That's one hundred percent correct. Yeah. Uh God. I know there's a lot for me. I'm just trying to think of what would be a. Dead Rising without the timers. No, fuck off. That's mine. What well, there be? There would be no game. There would there yeah, would be no video. It just game. gives me too much anxiety, though. Is the thing. It's uh, what if they, what if they made New Horizons but without the crafting mechanics? Oh, what would that be like? I don't know. Couldn't <laughs> tell you. No one's made a game like that before. Yeah. Uh, because my guts is like, oh, Metal Gear Solid Five, but they put fucking level design in it. Um, yeah. But I can't think of one that's like quick fixes. I guess. Yes. Um, Kingdom Hearts, so you take out all the cutscenes. Uh, and then the final question, what are your favorite underappreciated slash overlooked games from the last generation? I don't know if I can think of an overlooked PS4 game to save my life. We literally covered Gravity Rush 2 last month or two months ago. Yeah, that's true. Uh, last Guardian, you just play Last Guardian. It's really fucking good. I should play that. I have the disc somewhere, so I can play the 60 frames. Yeah. Uh, ba -ba -ba -ba. Um... Oh, here's here's some questions for me uh, from L about uh, specifically about Psychonauts two, um, asking about like favorite brain, uh, etc. Um, there was a question about Ted Lasso. I don't know shit about Ted Lasso. Don't don't ask me about Ted Lasso. I couldn't. What's I couldn't the question help you here? Uh, it was just about like the way in which uh, mental illness and stuff is portrayed. Um, I think I think I think Psychonauts two is like good in the way that like i think the average kids cartoon is mostly good better than what i grew up with still like got problems and assumptions but i, I think they gen psychonauts 2 is a game about like understanding that 
trying to fix people will harm them, but also like compassion helps in like a real way. And like cultivating that is like an important part of being a person. Um, and I think those, those things are good. Um, my favorite brain, um, probably, probably the Jack Black one. I think that's like the best stage in the game. It's also like the weirdest one generally. So real easy to say that one. I wish I wish that game had like Kingdom Hearts things where you change your design in every brain you went into. It's weird that it doesn't. You know what? That makes sense. Yep. Damn. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Um. Eric writes in. Uh, Jackson tweeted a funny screenshot of one of the characters calling outer space a star ocean. It's a pretty good title drop. Can you think of any other games with a title drop that good? Uh, I have a memory of aggressively mediocre co-op shooter Army of Two, including a line from a commander that's like, you guys are like an Army of Two out there. <laughs> I, if I had played Army of Two and I was having a miserable time and the guy said, you guys are like an Army of Two, I'd have lost my shit. Video game redeemed. <laughs> Holy shit. You guys are like an Army of Two out there. Video yeah, games could be better. I couldn't think of one, but that, that story is very funny. I mean, that's the obvious one. Which is? Metal Gear. Oh, yeah, fair enough. But no one says Metal Gear Solid in the entirety of Metal Gear Solid. Um, no, no one really does, do they? But that wasn't... No. I don't think it was... Was it Star Ocean I tweeted? I thought it was another game I tweeted. No, about. no, no. Because it's a bit like when they first got on the ship, she's like, oh, it's it's like it's it's like a Star Ocean. Um, I guess... It, well, I guess I did tweet that out. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Um... Have either of you played the Outer Wilds expansion? Are you planning to? I am planning to, but I have not. I don't know when I'm going to. I have not had time, but um, I would love to. Outer Wilds is a fantastic game, but, um, yep. you know. Uh, um, these are... Uh, that's not helpful. Uh, <laughs> Aiden writes in, Star Ocean 4 got a remastered release in 2017 called Star Ocean... Uh, TM dash the last hope dash TM 4k and full HD remaster, which has to be one of the funniest overly descriptive names to actually put on a game. Are there any other re-releases of games with silly names, changes or additions that you like or dislike? Uh, generally, I'm not a fan of that stuff though. They can be funny. There was that big street fighter two one that was really obnoxious. Uh, yeah, that one was annoying. Oh, I don't know what you mean. Yes, because you know they did it on purpose. Yes, that... this this is not on purpose. This is this is Square Enix doing the Square Enix thing of being ridiculous, but like just as a natural state of being, they can't help themselves. I mean, you know, you know why they called it that, right? Why? Uh, because on the PS4, uh, the Full HD and 4K remaster has a full PC game setting options in the menu. Like you can change resolution, you can change anti aliasing, you can change. You just have the PC game settings in the menu on the console game. Uh, Damn. So it can be a full 4K and full HD remaster. That's uh, that's good. It's um, ridiculous. I'm tr I'm trying to think of other ones. That I'm I'm like what ridiculous ones? I I can't think of any. I just don't ones. think I I just don't think like changing the names that much helps or is like good. Just just call it the same thing. Yeah. Uh, I think it's funny that uh, remake is called Resident Evil. That's it. Like you wouldn't fucking know unless you uh you know. Mm -hmm. But um that that one's weird because like I do think you should denote that it's different, um that it's a remake or whatever. But like I feel like people need to settle on a terminology. Instead, I mean, the, the terminology that has been settled on is they call the th thing the same thing. Demon Souls is yeah. Demon Souls. Yeah. 
not called Demon Souls. I don't know. Resold. What? What's a Demon Souls? Term? But also, I, I, the thing I mostly want is people to really like differentiate in their terminology the difference between a remake and a remaster, and understand that there is a major difference in those things. Uh, that that has generally been. I feel like these days there is a line that most people are agreed upon, but sometimes it gets confused and some people don't care. Yeah. Uh, Adam Wright said, "What's your favorite JRPG save point, either functionally or aesthetically?" The Final Fantasy VII one. You can't be the classic. Mm, I think it's calling your dad. Okay, fair enough. It's probably calling your dad. Earthbound's unfair to every video game ever made. <laughs> my my actual answer here is not a JRPG, and it's the Resident Evil typewriters. Fucking incredible. Love them. Yeah. You come into the safe room, and it makes a noise. It looks like a safe noise, yep. and you save in the typewriter. Dad, it's good. Uh, Alucard's spinning polygonal coffin that closes around. <laughs> yo, yo, you're right. <laughs> that's gaming. Yeah, that's gaming. Um, if you could take one feature from any video game controller and add it to any other controller, what would it be? Uh, the GameCube's uh, double triggers. Yes, on everything. On on everything. Like <laughs> yeah, the, the dual sense, the dual sense gets the there, answer. but with like ridiculous program. But I fuck that. I want triggers with two levels of just just two, just two. The way the way that that works, at least in uh, in Ratchet and Clank, was like the closest anything has gotten to what GameCube had out of the box I've ever felt. And I was like, damn, it was good when we had a GameCube controller. <laughs> I know Returnal has that exact thing for like when you hold the left trigger a little bit, you zoom in. When you click it all the way like a GameCube, it um you get the power mode. So that one probably also has it, but it's just not. The- just bring that back. Bring that back. Put that on the Switch controllers. The Switch controllers yeah. don't even have analog triggers. There's no reason for you not to do that other than that you suck, yeah. Nintendo. Yeah. Uh, uh, um. uh, May Louise writes in, uh, have either of you ever been into MMOs? That's it. That's the question. Uh, I... I, played, I played like 60 hours of 14 during my, uh, you know, unemployment. Since my teenage years... And I, I less regularly now, but especially in high school, every year or so, I'd be like, I should become an MMO guy. And then I wouldn't actually stick with anything long enough. I really tried with the City of Heroes. I really like City of Heroes. I played, I played about two and a half weeks of Star Trek Online and like the beta before it launched. And then it came out and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Just, it's just, I want to play a game for about 20 hours and then be done and never think about it again. That's just my general mood about video. It has been since I was a teenager. So uh, I was deliberately, I deliberately did like said earlier in the year, I'm not even going to try this time. Last few Final Fantasy 14 expansions have always said, Oh, what if this is the time I actually get caught up? Occasionally I play 60 hours and then stop. And then I've only played half of a round reborn, right? Like I, it doesn't actually get me where I need to be. And I promise you 60 hours gets you three, three or four quests from the end of a realm reborn. Cause I I'm there. <laughs> uh, no, I played for like 50 hours and, uh, was like grind. I was like, I was in, I was like doing my quests and doing stuff. Oh, I, I was like, I have one job and I'm just going to mainline the main story, uh, quests. Uh, and that's it. I totally forgot at the start of the podcast. I hadn't, I had played 30 hours of death stranding this month. <laughs> Oh, uh, right. And it's not worth talking about. It's not it's worth good. talking about, but it is worth bringing up because this was a moment where I was like, not an MMO, but I was like, I'm going to play Death Stranding. And this time I'm just going to like, I don't I can ignore the story. I can skip all the terrible cutscenes, and I can just do the walking. I had a great time. And then about 30 hours in, when I was building the roads and I was doing this, I was like, wait a second. I'm bored out of my mind. Like it's, the spell is broken. I'm done. And I just leave the game. It was done. Perfect. I had a great time. 
and it was done. Uh, and MMOs, I've made peace with it and made like got to that point. I am sad about fourteen because I still haven't like I kind of know what happens, but I haven't like read what ha- I have not fully read the Band-Aid off. But there's still the possibility I could always try it. I want to see the story. I care about Final Fantasy, and I want to have an actual opinion and not just be annoyed baselessly when people call it the best thing ever. Um, they, but I don't. I don't have the four hundred hours to engage. I just don't. I'm sorry. I don't. Uh, so. Even if I feel the pull when um, Endwalker's coming out, I literally don't, I don't have I don't have the time. It's gone. The opportunity was six months ago, and I told myself I wouldn't care. So, pass yep. me looking out. Um, Emil writes in, uh, "Is Star Ocean one of your first tries game? What do you think of the other games?" And then a bunch about Valkyrie Profile, which I have not played, and you haven't played, so I'm not going to read any of that. Um, I'd love to play Valkyrie Profile someday. I don't know if I ever will, but love to uh so my star ocean i played i played star ocean 2 when it came out uh because it was advertised in magazines and demo discs or whatever it's like oh this game's got like 80 endings and it's 70 hours long and that's what i was looking for uh in 1998 out of my video games um different time different um and then i played i played (laughs) and then i played infinite undiscovery um which uh actually i played last hope first i played last hope i got like maybe 15 hours in and felt like nothing had happened it was one of the most miserable experiences of my life it basically killed rpgs for me for a couple years five or six years uh i messed with uh even on discovery that game's fucking terrible i played like three hours of that before i stopped um played uh 13-2 13-2 is incredible love that game think it's like genuinely one of the better final fantasies um Played Lightning Returns about halfway through. Did not like Lightning Returns. Don't like the timer stuff and just was not there. And then that's it. That's it for me. Yep. No, I've played a bit of 13 too, but uh, aside from that, not much. Um... Jackson, every every six months is like, oh, it's time for Residence of Fate. And I'm like, you're one going day, with God. I'm one not day, doing it. One day it is time for Residence of it Fate. It is more likely at this point that I play Residence of Fate between other podcasts than you play Residence of Fate. Uh, I have stopped saying, I mean, look, it is totally... <laughs> I will play Residence of Fate one day, but I am uh, 28 in a week. I have got a long time to play Residence of Fate. I am in no rush to play Residence of Fate. Here's my favorite fact about Residence of Fate. Uh, did you know Residence of Fate uh, is a ridiculous name? It's just the most generic nothing JRPG name. Uh, that's not what it's called in Japan. I, I used to know the answer to this, but I don't anymore. It is called End of Eternity, which is... Why ch- those are both as meaninglessly nothing generic JRPG names? Why does it have two names? They're just the same. The, the same. They're the same to me. Yep. Anyway, uh, Cody what? writes in: What makes a good puzzle in a video game? What are some of the best puzzles in games? Ooh, this is different for different people. Uh, my preference for puzzles is I want puzzles that are very. Uh, simple but enjoyable i don't like being stuck on them for too much i prefer the resident evil style of puzzles where it's mostly being led from an esoteric key into a slot shaped like that key yeah but it's less like a logic puzzle and more being led through the space in an order that is satisfying um, mm. Which is like you. There's a direct line between Resident Evil and a game like uh, The Room, which you would think are very different games, but they're identical to me. Those are the same thing. They are leading That's you through just, very simply not simply not. They're the same thing. Right they are leading you through space in to connect things that don't seem logical. The puzzles in The Room are so much more complicated than any Resident Evil puzzle. Yeah, but they they're this, they are more complicated, but they are similar in that I don't have to think about a room puzzle very much because it is usually the next That's step true. is obvious, but that abstract is complicated and I'm being led through a path more than I am solving a problem. 
Yeah, that's fair. I uh, I like a good narrative puzzle game. Uh, my uh, I don't I don't know what would make a good puzzle, but I'll tell you games that have good puzzles. Full throttle, great puzzles. Uh, Gabriel Knight, incredible puzzles. All of the Wajidai games, the ones that are developed by Dave Gilbert, not necessarily the ones that are published that are not by him, but all have incredible puzzles. Um, the Room games, obviously. Mist, a little esoteric, but generally good puzzles. You gotta write a couple things down, and that's always a bummer. Um, but good puzzles overall. Um, and, uh, there was one that I was like, I may, I wanna make sure I hit, and now I fucking just threw it away. My, it fell out of my brain. Out of wild. I was like, ah, this is clearly the right answer. Um, damn, I'm mad now. Rip, rip. No, 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 no. I, I was interrupting you. I said, Oh, Wilds, oh, but, okay. device six. One of my favorite games. Oh yeah, games you ever love made. device six. People should play that. It's really good. People should um, watch the what if the room? What if the room, but it was all like text, um, but still like the room and also like the prisoner at the same. It's like my, it, it, it got me to, cause I mean, I had destiny play it and she was like, you should watch the prisoner. It's like this, and, you know, it's my favorite TV show of all time. So like device six is like the gateway into like my best self. Um, I have I, like a print of like a map of one of the puzzles in device six, because while it's a text-based game, they did make like a big print of like the map <laughs> of the space you're traversing. And I have it on my wall framed. It's incredible. I love it. Uh, look at it every day. Um, one of my favorite games. Uh, it's iOS only, so uh, apologies if you don't have one of those, but uh, it's great. I remember when that happened when you were off offhanded with, oh, I guess I'll watch The Prisoner, uh, your life changed. <laughs> yep, yeah. I, I, do, I like it when the puzzles are like kind of, it's like about understanding a system that like has a end goal. Like you're, you're escape. I like room, like the old flash, like room. It's like you play like Crimson Room. Crimson Room's fucking great. One of the classics of video games. Um, if you could just play a game that's about like getting out of a space and none of the puzzles all the puzzles are like concrete and there might be like a little like weird and like adventure game logic but it's all about like how do i open this door oh there's there's a there's a note that points me to this wall where there's a grid and i have to understand what the grid is i eat that shit up um love that looking for it but i don't i don't like the um like talus principle here's a bunch of puzzle chambers it's too much it becomes overwhelming and you're just like doing it to do it mm -hmm. i don't want like here's 76 puzzles and they iterate on each other like in an escalating form i'm like i'm not i'm looking for like 10 puzzles and like a story wrapped around it yeah i i mean i like the witness um but even like that's the part i don't like about it there's the, yes. there's, there's other, the like other discoveries laid on top of it i think are really good um yes but there are other games that like put those, you know, like I, I was interrupting without a while, but I do genuinely believe that one has the, like, it's very low on puzzles because a lot of things you do are not, I would not describe everything you do in that game as 100% a puzzle, but there are some things that are puzzles and some of the puzzles have like really cool solutions. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot of games like that are more about just understanding the systems that are present within a space. Uh, mm -hmm. You could make an argument. I'm not making this argument. I would say this is crazy, but you could make an argument that like Hitman's a puzzle game. Uh, I mean, it is on some level. On some level. It, like it has an execution layer yes. that makes it more complicated than that. But yes, it yes. is. It is a clockwork world where literally the input, will, the output will be the same if the input's the same every single time. So yes, it is a puzzle. Yes, exactly. Um, Hilver writes in with a question that I'm taking because we've answered it before only to say we are never taking this question again after we answer it this time. What is the game that you think would have been better served as a single book, film, or radio play? To which I say there are no video games that could hang in a storytelling medium. Period. Disco Elysium. 
I'd read a book. Disco Elysium. I would love to read some Disco Elysium books. But part of our episode there was like, yeah, this is like an average like fiction book with like some political ideas that would be fun to chew on that I'd pick up like before I went on a plane ride and then I'd read it and I'd probably forget about it in six months. It happens to be one of the best written games ever made. That that is unfathomable those two things can just exist in the same idea um but that's where games are at game stories are fucking terrible across the board yeah yeah but like that i there are a lot of bad books and disco Elysium is better than a lot of bad books sure but when people talk when people are like into video games and we're, we do this podcast i like video games a lot but like when people are like ah some of my favorite stories in video games and like they talk about them with like a passion that you would reserve for like your favorite books or movies i don't have that there's characters i like because i like their characterizations but the actual story elements like i don't give a fuck about any video game story fair enough i'm not I like moments i like ideas but like i don't think the narrative of like even a game that it, like we like the, the pharmacy tens as a duo but like incredible but that's like every like average anime about those things would touch on every single one of those points well no no no, no. there are there are things that that game is better than in conversation with but they are specifically all anime for children <laughs> yes so when i say yeah. that, when i watch final fantasy 10 thing like the thing this game does is really ambitious it really swings to fences and talks about these ideas that i see in a lot of other stuff uh in like ways i find really cool uh, i'm comparing it to anime for kids it is not like yes. hanging with a fucking book that i'm reading and also rpgs have the cheat that mostly because this is a single film book or radio or a book film or radio play uh is the an rpg is a, is a television show it's a 50 episode series where like part of your fondness for it is the gradual like acclimation of these characters that you spend a lot of time with i like titus because i know what titus is about and i spent i spent 70 hours multiple times with him i, I think he's cool um if if I if I played like if I watched the two hour version of Final Fantasy X, do I think Titus is cool? Probably not. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, you're right about that. Uh, it's weird. I mean, like you know, that's Persona Five, right? Of like, yeah. If you spend 150 hours with characters, you're gonna yeah. pre- I, even if you I don't like, like the game. I like almost all the characters in Persona Four. A bad game written by horrible people about really nasty things, just because I spent a lot of time with them. <laughs> yeah. and, I don't even think like a lot of the Persona characters are that great. Like I think that like, a lot of yeah. them are very rote. They don't explore yes. any of their ideas interestingly. They abandon no. all of the things that I like. You know, they introduce the idea of Chie and uh, Yukiko being jealous of each other and in a like really unhealthy relationship in the first dungeon, and it never gets brought up again because you fight a boss and that's what's solving a character. No, she's is. gonna learn to run the inn and she is gonna be a cop, <laughs> right. and that's just the end of it. For they just them. get to the bleakest like. Across the board, terribly written video game. I like all those characters. It's fine. I yeah. I think very fondly about yes. them, even if I recognize <laughs> awful game in terms of his writing. But despite my like my fondness for those characters, does not extend to I think it'd make a good book, right? Like I just don't think video games do this well. I just don't, if people talk about plots as like meaningful. I just don't see it. I I read too many books, maybe, or watch too many movies, or whatever. Like I just don't think games hang here. I don't think they ever have, and I don't know if they ever will. And I don't even know if that's like a thing that games should aspire to do. To be perfectly honest with you, I don't think it is that you read too many. I think it is that like I, the anime comparison is an important one to me because there are a lot of things in other mediums that are the peer of a lot of these games uh but we it's it's all the like you don't you do not watch the tv shows that are on the level of video games there are a lot of them you don't like them yeah it's true uh you know what watch the movies that are like you know you already don't watch marvel movies video games have better writing than some of them well not all of them but you know uh this poisons affected culture in a lot of ways yeah Uh, but like, I'm trying, I would read. I then this is another one that would be a bad and obnoxious book because it'd be a bad and obnoxious fantasy book in a million ways. But I would read a Planescape book. 
No. What is that? I guess you're. I'm trying to think of like the thing in like the best rhythm bit in Planescape, which ev- almost everyone agrees upon, is a D- Dayanara stone, right? Like one of the best moments in a video game. I think it's really well written. But I'm trying to like transplant that to a book, and the chapter is just terrible in my mind. I can read it. It's just like awful things happening and very edge lord nonsense. Yes. Um. I'm currently reading a uh, Wizard of Earthsea, the Le Guin book really liking it that already is doing like things that like planescape does but with a deafness that planescape can't because it's a fucking D uh like ad- adaptation and also i've read the design document the people who make planescape <laughs> yes. think they're making a cool game about a guy who kicks ass <laughs> very funny who could have seen how everything with uh, that guy would go yeah yeah um, yeah, I just, but also at the end of the day, like I want a, g- a game that's about like, I enjoy the interaction that comes when I press buttons and I don't need it to tell me a good story. I can just go to places that are better suited for that. If I want that, um, being a formalist means I just don't care if games have bad or good or bad stories, which is good because I don't think games have good stories at all. And if that's what I was looking for, I'd be miserable all the time. I've, I've, I've got that now. Um, it, it was Kingdom Hearts. My two-year Kingdom Hearts journey did this to me of getting yes. getting really invested, and then it had a terrible ending. I was like, "Why did I get invested?" And now I'm just like, "Oh, I love to press reflect." <laughs> I feel like nope. I've achieved peace. Yeah. Uh, Rick asks, "You both really like it when a jump is good in games. I do. But what is a game you have played with the worst jump?" Crash Bandicoot. <laughs> Crash Bandicoot jumps really bad. Um, I I like Crash Bandicoot so, more than me, but I found here's the thing is like worst. There's plenty of like bad platformers of like the eight and sixteen bit era. I played that fucking terrible jumps, but like what's a what's a bad jump, but in a game that you think it's like still good in Dark Souls, like or like the like Mega Man's jump fucking sucks, but you wouldn't I wouldn't want it any other way. Um, but Mega Man when they when they change it in X, I don't like X's jump nearly Mega Man's as much. Jump is great. Like it, it, I that doesn't mean sucks. Like if I if I think it's good in the game, then it doesn't. You know, then I, then I think it's good. Yeah. I guess like 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 you know, uh, people have always talk about the Castlevania jump. The game is built around that jump. If he had a different jump, it wouldn't work. I want to do it. I mean, I don't think you should do this, but I would love to do a stream with you and force you to play that Castlevania improved controls mod where they give him air controls and momentum in the jump and just like watch you. Do like, ugh, 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 just heresy repellent to me so bad i know i i, I hate it there, there's so many bad jumps in the world i played a lot of bad pl- you know i was renting games for like the nes and snes so i played a lot of games terrible uh, every every 64 game had a fucking terrible jump no one knew how to make a game that was about jumping in 3d space mario figured it out rare stole that idea for banjo kazooie and that's it doors closed no one else figured it out ever i played 90 minutes of banjo kazooie no they didn't and <laughs> uh, the jump's still fine in that game no it's it doesn't not. feel as good but like if you compare that to like fucking Glover okay. or Chameleon Twist or a thousand other terrible fucking 64 games, they you know how to move and jump on things correctly in that game. And that is not true of most of the games that came out for that. In, in this world where I've played all the Mario games, I'm like I want another 3D Mario game. But going through spaces and doing jumps to collect things. I love that shit. So I load up Benji Kazooie and I'm like, what is this jump? What? Are, this is terrible. But yes, I'm not going the other way where I've been like scratching the wall, trying to <laughs> bleed blood from a stone playing Glover. <laughs> Bomberman 64. Yep. Um, Alex writes in, if you had control of video games, what type of Star Trek type game would you want to make? Uh, do I have control of all video games? Can I just shut them down? Can we just stop this? <laughs> Can I just sure, we, t- yeah. turn off the switch? No more video games? Um, yeah. 
Oh, okay. Now, take this question seriously. What kind of Star Trek game would I want to make? It'd probably just be a Telltale-style game, I guess, or like a even more, uh, like, you know... I, the actual answer is I, I I should just play the adventure games that they've made because like that's what I want. But also I don't trust them to have written a good story around those. I don't want an adventure game because I just don't think that like that kind of solving puzzles goes to Star Trek strength. But I'm trying to think of how you would like put a Star Trek story in a game. You I mean can the play. the actual answer is like Outer Wilds exists and is the best Star Trek game ever made. That's true. That is a fucking space the, mystery. The, like. <laughs> Vague, vague spoilers for for TNG um, and Outer Wilds, I guess, right here. But like the minute, the bit in the finale of Next Generation, where Q's like, "That's the thing that this was all about." It was like understanding what a par that you were in a paradox and your possibility space in that moment is infinite is what the experience of playing Outer Wilds is. Outer Wilds tries to give you that moment like every thirty minutes, but like. Ultimately, like the the understanding the final like the solution to Outer Wilds, like what is happening, a mastery of the space, but also like a what comes after that could be anything. Yes, is that thing? It's that moment. Like you just have that moment of clarity, and like all the windows of your perception line up, and you can see forever. And that that's no nothing else does that. Yeah, God, Outer Wilds is so good. It, but like, especially as like there are ways for the Outer Wilds translate the ideas of, of what I really like about certain Star Trek episodes into video games very well uh but this question is also it's like i assume asking about like how would i put the brand star trek into a video game which is a very different and more difficult thing because then i need yes. like characters and structures and races and like places that exist in like uh didn't mean that to rhyme sorry uh, <laughs> uh but i need like the the accoutrement of star trek is like there's a lot of stuff there and like how do yeah. i in a game where i'm doing things mechanically tell a story about the federation and the romulans and the clean you know there's a lot of moving parts because in my head i'm like i guess i'd probably want like the framework of an rpg but i'm i mean this in the live life sense of like that is i think can be used as a framework for episodic storytelling uh not as a battle system <laughs> yes yeah that's fair um if you could just pull out a phaser in final fantasy and kill the boss would that be sick or what they're pretty sick Depends on the game. They do, at the very end, right before you go fight the final guy, they do just give you lightsabers and this. Like, here you go. Use these swords. Yes. <laughs> very funny. It's really fucking funny. God. Um, you could... You could. I. You know what? I'll do it. I'll accept the task. I will make the uh, fake 16-bit uh, next-generation RPG. Um, I'll, it'll be great. I don't know who the final boss is. I don't know how to put combat in it. I will figure that out later. <laughs> Yep. I don't know how you do random encounters in a Star Trek game. Like it's a fun. Like you go on the away mission and you do random encounters, right? That's what Star Trek Online is. Uh, but that's just like. But at that point, you have abandoned Star Trek, like conceptually, so you can't do that. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just a very difficult thing to do. Uh, Dan writes in. Uh, don't have a Star Trek question, but it did make me think about my first JRPG, Fantasy Star Three. Goes on to explain a bit of Fantasy Star Three, which I did not know about this, which is very interesting. You play three successive generations of family, and in at the end of each section, you choose who to marry, which spins the game out with like different areas to explore based on who you picked. Uh, which incredible. Uh, Dragon Quest V. But seemingly was re received poorly at the time uh, because most of the game was locked off to you unless you played it four times. Um, but this made me think, what games do you think have an interesting gimmick or premise that was executed poorly? What flawed game would you like to see get another swing at its cool premise? Super Mario Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Galaxy is like fun. It is, but about? I want someone to do that again. Yeah, fair enough. Um, what's a game that I'm like, this was deeply flawed, but I would like, um, I mean, I, I think the David Cage idea of what games are is interesting. I would like more people to try it. It's very expensive and he's a huge creep, so don't give it to him anymore. But, um, I like those, th- I like, I like Murdered Soul Suspect. No, that's not what that's called. That's the other game. That's Beyond you Two don't, Souls. You don't like Murdered Soul like Suspect. Murdered Soul Suspect. I like Beyond Two Souls. Heavy Rain's like a good idea. It's a fucking terrible game. I played through that game twice. I hate that game. Um, never played Detroit, wasn't going to, but like, I love Beyond Two Souls. Um, it's goofy as shit, but I would like there to be like a dozen of those style games. Yeah. I think, I, okay, I know I have my answer. I think it's, um, Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. Uh, but by that, I don't mean Kingdom Hearts specifically. I I want a game, and maybe I need to try Resident Evil Zero, but no one likes that either. I want a game about two characters in a game about progressing through either levels or spaces or some kind of like you go through a video game and advance mechanically in which you are forced to make decisions between which character does what and how you like the you get two characters with radically different builds and approaches uh in kingdom Hearts 3 i mean distance, the thing about the thing about resident evil zero is they don't really have radically different builds and right. approaches it's just like your items are split between two people and you gotta like really do a lot of management yeah and in, in Geno distance it's really annoying because it's like you you end up with the same like or similar builds with the uh like um, collecting mechanic and the um backup guys whatever the the, the, the fake pokemon uh, dream eaters that's what they're called it doesn't matter uh but it, it ends up really not matter your characters don't feel that different uh the skills don't really matter i but i want to like if i you know if i get magnet on one guy i can't get it on the other guy i want to like plan my build around different bonuses uh and I, I like those kind of restrictions and I just feel like it's not a thing that RPGs are interested in because uh, they're usually about um, either min-maxing to get everything or the ways they lock content off are more like Star Ocean where you're like, they're kind of opaque. Uh, a lot of opaque yeah. systems with hidden bonuses, but no games that are explicitly about this is a shorter game to be ran through and in the run you will make decisions about how... You, like that, That's the Dead Rising thing I like, right? That's That's what I'm talking about there on some level. Ben writes in, the original Star Wars was a game that always eluded me when I played the translated ROM back in the early aughts. The game would hard lock. Yeah, this was a problem. This game was very hard to emulate for a long time. Um, uh, was never able to proceed until the PSP version came out. So my question, what is the most difficulty you experienced in trying to get a game to play or run? Have you ever had any that you simply gave up on? I don't remember. Probably some PC thing that I just couldn't get working. This was definitely true back in the day for me. I, like... Um, like GOG has made a lot of this trivia. A lot of the games I want to play had just have like they did all the work. You just hit the button and the the EXE goes. I don't even have to configure DOSBox. Never had to learn how to do that. Uh, which is good. Yeah. Because uh, I don't want to. Because it fucking sucks. <laughs> yes, it does. Yeah. So at that point, I guess it becomes like I feel like some of my ex- experiences trying to emulate like. Well, getting MAME running was a trouble for me. I was just bad at it, uh, getting it, like, all dialed in for when I wanted to do that. But, like, getting, like, some old PC emulators to run, like, I I spent a while, like, trying to play some ZX Spectrum games. And, like, it, it works, but, like, getting it to work right, like, making sure your, like, timings are right for, like, what's the clock speed that makes this game run good, uh, that was, like, totally, I was so not used to that as someone who mostly emulates console games. So that's probably my answer. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our final question from Anthony, what horribly impractical JRPG weapon would you want? Vanille's weird fishing pole, a bladed yo-yo, literally just a book. 
Vanille's weird fishing pole is so funny. What a weird weapon. It's got like three tendrils on it. Yeah. What do you want? Oh, God, I don't know. I don't know. Probably just the Blitzball, if I'm going to be being honest. I think I think I just want a gunblade. I think gunblades are cool. You'd, you'd go the cool route? Yeah. Which gunblade? Who's uh, Squall's gunblade? Uh, just Squall's gunblade. Yeah. There's just one gunblade. What are you talking about? There's, there are two gunblades. There's like the five Squall gets, but really it's just, it's it's the fucking gunblade. And then how, however many 15, or 14 has, like I know. I have Wait, are you forgetting the, the other character with a gunblade? It's just the same gunblade. Is it? Let's look. Seifer's gunblade. No! Lightning's gunblade! What are you on about? Lightning oh. has a gunblade! Lightning's got like a toku gunblade because it flips. I really like um, Lightning's gunblade. I don't... It's so different. I, I, it is a gunblade, but I don't think of it in the same way. It is literally a Final Fantasy protagonist with a gunblade. Yeah, but also it's like a weird butterfly knife, right? Like, I mean, it, it, that's why I said Toka. It is a Toka weapon yeah. to me because she goes, it goes gun. Yeah, <laughs> I don't mean that one. I mean a, I mean a revolver I, with a fucking sword sticking out of it. I, I, this must be a generational thing because I think Lightning's Gunblade's cooler than School's Gunblade. This is this is the most wrong you've ever been about anything. Because it's just a fucking revolver with a knife. It, look, you can do yes, anything. It's sick. You can do anything it, with that. This is this is Dooku's fencing saber for swords. Like it's funny. And I like it. It's a good design, but it's not like a cool weapon in the way that like. No, no, you're wrong. This is just you're wrong. This is definitely generational. This has to be. I refuse to believe otherwise. Yeah, and someone and then Anthony asks, "What's your favorite inflation of a job system like Final Fantasy V, which is the right answer or probably default? Also, a good answer." I'm really excited for the remake of uh, Dragon Quest 3 because I played a little bit of that. Just enough to be like, man, this seems like it's got some shit going on. But then I was like, you know, I'm just going to wait because um, that SNES version that I was playing was like... That translation not, not great. Like, yeah, the translation wasn't great. So I was like, damn, I think I'm just going to wait. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm doing. I'm going to wait for the HD pixel remaster or whatever. There is really no good English version because there's, there's the new one with the modern, um, the modern one. Uh, yeah, which has like a modern translation, which I I generally like. I like the Dragon Quest translations. I know this is a controversial take, but I think they're fine. Uh, unfortunately, the uh, Switch version of those games are fucking terrible, especially that one because yeah. oh, it's a bad situation. So, uh, Square Enix have found themselves in a situation where we're both thinking, looking at the HD two D remake, like, oh, this is gonna be an improvement on what we've got. But that's the that's their fault. That's on them, not me. Yep. That's it. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Next month, we are playing A Plague Tale Innocence. We are. I've heard it's on Game Pass. It is on Game Pass. It was also on PS Plus a while back. Um, it was also available on the, on Epic, the Epic, Epic. We're giving away games for once upon a time. So if you're paying attention to the way to get video games so. for free, you probably have this one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm playing on PS5. Did we watch the Digital Foundry thing? And I go, Jackson, we should just play this. Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, you did. <laughs> that's, that's how we decided this. And then our year of RPGs comes to a close in December. Uh, we're going to play Moon because I wanted something fucking short because my time is precious now. No more RPGs. No more. We're going to do Speaking into No, not happening. Fuck you. We just it hate it. We're going to be Speaking in 2. We're going to do Speaking in 2 next year. That's the plan. 
Yeah, I mean, may, who knows? My life might change again. Who yeah. can say? In the current mode of how you are as a person, no. that's just not happening. Because yeah. then we'd just hate it and you'd resent it in a way that's probably just not fair. You got things to do. I've got things to do. So that's it. Uh, Jack's where people find you. Find me at headfullsoff on Twitter.com. You can find the podcast that me and MD at abnormalmapping.com. Go listen to them. They're all good. Uh, we're also on our Bag End Book Club. Uh, which is great. That's on export audio slash uh, exportaudio slash hobbits. I thought it was bag end. I thought. Uh, let me check exportaudio slash hobbits. Okay, it's bag end. For some reason, uh, slash hobbits takes me to a Patreon four hundred four. <laughs> So there is a redirect going on there. I just don't know what kind. Um, yes. But um, I think it was originally going to be Hobbits. And then I, we all decided Bag End made more sense. Uh, well, it's, it's export to iOS less Bag End. So go check that out. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. Um, you can uh, you can find me on Twitter for one at EM underscore being. And you can support all of our podcasts at patreon.com slash normal mapping. For $1, of course, you get the Great Gundam Project. We're finishing up Turn A Gundam and Planetes right now. Um, for $5, you get Blockbusters, where next week we're going to be watching Dirty Harry and putting that out very quickly. So please enjoy that. Um, and then for $10, you get Voip Life, which we're recording after this, which I'm excited to do, uh, which is a big goof-off podcast. If you pledge it like $1 or $5, you will get Voip Life's in your feed to try out. Um, there's like a good array of them that we've accidentally put up or we made cheaper for some reason or another. Um, whenever we do Gundam ones, they end up being a dollar. So Gundam people can listen to them, you know, yep. things like that. So if you don't want to commit to the full $10, I understand, but, uh, you get a sense of what VoIP life's about. It's good. It is good. We're about to record. Our Patreon right podcasts, now. uh, are probably our best podcasts. They're just hard to pitch because they're not about anything particularly. Uh, yep. That could fun. Yep. Anyway, uh, that's it. Thanks, everyone. Uh, tell your friends once again if you enjoy this podcast. Get us on a list. We need to be on a list. <laughs> we, we, we refuse. To, we're not going to hustle for it. We just want it to happen. No, but we deserve to be the trending gamers. <laughs> we're the trending gamers. We're going to show up at the Game Awards and trend. Yep. Uh, and until next time, we don't have an outro for this podcast. <laughs> about to see you out there. You felt like. Very fun. Don't even do that one anymore. Goodbye. Goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. <laughs>